progress. Got it. Awesome. I haven't seen myself. Uh, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. Just getting the getting the day rolling. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Yeah, it's like I said, sorry I wasn't able to. I didn't follow up with you yesterday. Totally didn't a bad excuse on my end, but I've had something happen Thanksgiving. Our our application's been completely exploded, so it's been like better walk on It's good to be busy. You don't have to apologize to us. Um, cool. We forget. More than we remember, so. <laughs> um, so hey, I'm gonna I want to tee it up. We'll we'll do um, like while we're we have you, if it's okay, I'd love to just interview you and put you on our podcast. Yeah, and, dude, let's do it. And then we'll just send you the whole segment, and you can chop it up however you want to to use it for you know what for your content. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. All right, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm, say your name. Before. I'm gonna refer to you as Mr. Legs. Mr. Legs. <laughs> Th- thunder thighs? Uh, wheels. <laughs> wheels. <laughs> so, Vom Eigen. Vom Eigen. Okay. Because I would have said Vom Egan. I'm sure you get that a lot. Um, yeah, never. Vom <laughs> Eigen, which is, um, is, you're like related to Schwarzenegger, I'm sure. Gen- <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's got to be Austrian. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll get right into it. I'll tee it up. Recording, recording, everything's good. Yep. Okay. Hey guys, Justin, Brock, and Steven Martinez here with the Insurance Gurus Podcast. Back at it again with another stud that is paving the way. Justin, which is a great first name, by the way, Vom Eigen, uh, is is a uh, a senior market guy, man. We were we were gonna talk about Medicare. We was like, hey, we just gotta get you on here and interview, talk about your progress so far. Seen him doing a lot of great things uh, in the life insurance world, uh, and I just know it's only a matter of time before he's joining us over here on the Medicare side. So, uh, but you know, the senior market is all—we're all talking to the same people, and so he has a, a ton of insight um, from what you know that side looks like because they're seeing some explosive growth. So, Justin, thank you for being here, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's pretty cool and impromptu. Uh, it's cool to see uh, a Justin. Justin crushing you know, it's, uh, <laughs> and, right. and I, I really look up to you too, man. You know, Thank a lot of you stuff so much. Thank you. No, it's it. Uh, it it it's, comes with the name, right? It's hard. It's a hard world for Justins. You know, people don't understand. There's Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake. You know, Justin Time, Justin Time, Just <laughs> Insurance, which is a domain you have, I think. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, thank you so much for being here. Um, we, you know, I've been following you. I, I know you're doing uh, a ton on the final expense side, tel- like final expense telesales. I know you have a close relationship, I believe, with a guy we interviewed the other day, uh, Mr. Whitley, uh, who spoke yep. very highly of you. And, um, you know, uh, I would love to, you know, figure out, like, what got you into the insurance world. And I, I'm going to probably ask you some fitness questions just because, you look too good not to ask fitness. It's not a lot of insurance agents that, uh, you know, can stay as in shape as you, but I'm going to, I'm going to cut that out because I know yeah. you get asked about that all the time and I'm going to I'm going to save that for a minute. Uh, first, just want to know cool. what got you into the insurance industry, man. Um, I sold cars and I realized that I didn't want to live at the dealership for the rest of my life. I didn't meet many car salesmen who were in their fifties who were happy. Um, but I did meet insurance agents who were in their fifties who were pretty happy. So I was like, okay, 
that's kind of a, a direction that I want to take my life, right? That person has what I want, financial freedom, um, success, and then I want to I want to take that path. So I had a guy who came and bought a car for me. He was like, dude, I think you do really well with life insurance. He said, I work for AAL. You don't want to work for them. <laughs> but yeah. he said, he said, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a refer to another company. So I went and I started with New York life and um, it didn't work out with them. Initially, I found a lot of people I talked to who are, who they kind of bounced around a couple of places. So they found, uh, found their home in their, in their niche, but that's how I got into it. I was selling cars and um, I, I wanted something with some longer term growth potential uh, and so I got into, I got into insurance. Yeah. So tons of car salesmen out there too, that be, would make be glad he great figured insurance out. agents. Be glad so. he figured enough out that he told you go with a different company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know what, we were talking to somebody the other day and they said that, uh, they got into the, insurance. I, I think it was Sam Wolf maybe, or somebody that said they were, it wasn't Sam. It was somebody that they hung out, uh, they played a lot of golf, like in high school. And he said every you know Friday, when he'd be out playing golf as a teenager, all the like working age men that were out there were, were insurance agents. And so mm-hmm. he initially got into it because he, I can't remember who it was because he wanted to play golf all the time. And he's like, that's an occupation where I can make good money and play golf all the time. And uh, he said, and he, once he got into it, he fell in love with insurance. And now he never plays golf. He just works all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, you know, insurance for me, you know, in sales in general, the people that are, I think really successful turn it into a game. It's, it, we, we gamify oh, yeah. it. And so it's like, it gets to the point where, Oh, I have X income goal. And then there's, you get past that because it's like, but it's so easy to keep scaling. Why not scale? And it's like playing Galaga and trying to get the highest yeah. score. <laughs> You'll never get yeah. hundred thousand. Just say I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm at. I got a hundred thousand points on Galaga. I'm never playing again. You know that you don't. You don't do that, and you don't do that. And uh, most people that are really successful find it difficult to just stop because they hit X goal. And so you're not stopping. You're scaling. Uh, tell us what you're doing now, and uh, and why you did land on that. You said you t- you you meet some people, takes some time before they figure out where they want to land, what they want to do. Um, and you've kind of yeah. landed in, uh, in an arena where you're doing a lot of, I believe, final expense telesales. Correct. Um, yeah. What What about that have you enjoyed? Just the growth. I mean, like you said, it's it's a vertical that you can just keep going up in. Um, I was always big, and I, I like how you said gamify it because it's funny. I still play video games that'll never die, mm-hmm. and there are games I catch myself and I was in reflection. I realized this games that have an end, like a finite end. I will always stop right before the end because I I didn't want to actually beat it because it meant I had nothing left to play. And I would, and I I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then, and then like in insurance, I've turned it into a game for myself where I can just keep growing and growing and growing. And once I hit a goal, I immediately set a new one. I usually, set a new goal before I even hit that initial one because yeah. I, it'll just keep me pushing through it. But I like what you said there. And it's just been scaling and growing and what I've learned. And it's, it's really, really cool to learn this stuff along the way. Um, I think when people get into insurance, it's, it's I want to scale my sales team, right? I want to get better at sales. And how do I, how do I scale the, the, the solopreneur aspect of it? And then as they grow, um, it's hey, I want to I want to grow a, a sales team now, mm-hmm. and I'm at, I'm at the point where I'm I'm tapped out 
for how much, how many agents I have for myself. So now it's taking the turn where in order for me to beat the game, I have to build sales teams now. Yeah. So it went from me learning the sales, me building a sales team to now I have to help others build their sales teams. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of taken that, that turn. So uh, that's like kind of, where I, I don't know if I got off the question, but that's no, kind of where I am no, no. now. To, it, well, you, you answered it because you're gamifying it. You're, I mean, you, yeah. you, you are doing it and, that, and, and that's in it. It is a scalable model. Sometimes when you're in like these, they, like when you go into New York Life Environment or Modern Woodman of America or one of the, some of these kind of career models of like the advisory role, um, you know, that's for some some people. I think we were talking to the guy, uh, Steve Acosta. He was a professional fighter. Um, and he, was, he started off in financial services. We were interviewing him the other day, and he was talking about um, how he went into – wanted to go to like wall street and be like this, you know, like a uh, call center style, like Wolf of wall street kind of concept, not, not in a, in a rip off way, but like in a way of actually, you know, uh, just being in that environment. And then he ended up uh, after a little while in this advisory role. And he said, <laughs> first thing he said was, uh, uh, you know, it was about helping people and, you know, I just wasn't into that. And then he goes, I mean, I don't mind helping people. He's like, I just didn't, I didn't like this advisory role. And I think the problem was is that it, it, there is no – that role is great for some person, some people, but, uh, you know, for some people they want to be able to scale it. And so final expense, you know, the way we're doing Medicare, like it's taking a niche and scaling that niche um, yeah. rather than trying to create like this, you know, uh, advisory shop, um, which mm-hmm. can also be very profitable. It's just a different concept. takes a different, you know, uh, mental state. And the gamifying, we get – uh, looked at a lot because Stephen made us like scoreboards and stuff, so we can like real time our agents are are tracking themselves and competing with one another. And each individual agent we hire seems to be at least at least some of them, especially the top performers, really enjoy you know uh, competing yeah. for that top mm-hmm. spot. I mean, that started when you know there was just a few of us selling, and we were we were we had the whiteboard you know mapped out, and we were going and writing our numbers up there every day just to create that competition, you know, nobody wants to go up there and ride a zero at the end of the day. And so I was like, wow, what? I could take this to a whole new level. And so I've turned that into a whole, <laughs> you know, interactive whole, spreadsheet, yeah, whole leaderboard that, you know, we have in, in both office all the time displaying. But again, it turns on that gamification. It turns on that competition with inside you. Everybody wants to be at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. Nobody plays, you know, Pac-Man to not try to scale the top ten, or I mean, and, and it's, yeah, to not to not win. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know, and, and it's it's friendly. It's like you, know, it's not like I'm gonna you know kill myself if I don't win, but the goal is to you know do do well. So, um, you know, in final expense, I do think it's probably one of the would be one of the faster. Well, I mean, I'm sure it comes with tons of challenges too, and it doesn't have the residual trail like Medicare, but on the front end, it allows you the ability to push money into it and pull it back out faster so that you can't scale. Um, and so I, I actually, one of the call centers we consult scaled pretty quickly in final expense initially before they pivoted into Medicare just to get their team built up and their system around final expense because it was the fastest way to get their investment back. Um, you know, in the long term, they, they decided they're going to make more money in Medicare, but they had to build their infrastructure around final expense to allow them to really start going. So. Um, so yeah, in the final expense market, it's, it's definitely, uh, impacted by some of the same budget constraints, uh, that we see on the Medicare side. And, um, 
I think we we run into overlapping people. We have we do have some higher income uh, clients, but we have some really low income clients, and we have some right there in the lower middle. I think our average is kind of the lower middle blue collar. They worked in a factory for thirty or forty years. Maybe they saved a hundred grand, hundred and fifty grand, um, but you know maybe two hundred and fifty grand. But that's they're living off that and their social security checks for the rest of their life. So it's tight. And recently, Medicare announced the largest premium increase ever. Um, I don't know if it was ever. 14.54%. 14.5%. It was the highest dollar increase ever, and it was the highest percentage increase since like 1972 or 80. Anyway, a long time. I don't want to sound stupid, but whatever. <laughs> uh, there are plenty of people that are smarter than me, but they're not producing content, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> so Justin, <laughs> Justin, have you seen, have you heard anybody, uh, on, in your, your talks on the final expense side complaining from a budget standpoint uh, about these increases? Yeah, it's, and, and the argument there, it's, it kind of has a weird basis to it because it, uh, most of it comes around with like, I don't know what my finances are going to look like in January. And, and a lot of that, too, I think because COLA, um, cost of living adjustment, I think that's what it stands for, is a 5.9% increase. So, like, if the Medicare goes up, um, it's $21.60, I think. Is that how much it jumped? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. 14.5 yeah. on 148.50. So, I think it's going to 170-something. So, you're probably right on, right on there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, it um, if the if, say they make 1000 bucks a month and the cost of living adjustments – 5.9% and they're getting a $59 a month bump on their social security, which is more than the premium for, for Medicare. Um, I'm getting, it's kind of like a mixed, a mixed bag. I, I think a lot of it's like just an excuse that people will use to put it off because yeah. they're professional procrastinators and they'll, they'll put that off for like as long as they need to, uh, before they're like, crap, I'm going to, I'm going to get sick soon. Yeah. So I found that a lot, a lot of people who, who are talking about it, either they're super low income and it's going to, it's going to really, really impact them. Um, or they're just not sure exactly what their finances are going to look like at that time. So, um, but as well, the deductible increased $30, I think, uh, for part B, and then there's some other uh, co-insurance, I believe, or some other costs for Part A, I think, that had changed. Yeah. So it's really individual. Like, you're going to see people who are more sick probably having a bigger, a bigger, you know, a, yeah. it's going to hit them bigger than people who aren't as sick, probably. I, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this from a statistical standpoint, but I believe, you know, 90% of people are on Social Security are going to come out actually better because the 5.9% yeah, increase is going to be good. There's 10%, and most of them I read um, are drawing uh, a, a spousal benefit. So, like, people that are only getting – they didn't work their full 40 quarters, but they're drawing a Social Security benefit off their spouse's eligibility, so maybe they're getting 500 a month. Their 5.9% increase doesn't outweigh their the 14.5% increase on the Part B premium, um, but it's still not a huge margin uh, issue for them. But, but the majority of people that we talk to, you know, they're drawing their 1200 plus a month, uh, 1100 plus a month, 1200 Um, You know, you might see and, – and then on the high end, I, you know, we're seeing the, the guys drawing 2200 2300 Anybody in 1000 is going to come out better because even yeah. on the Part B deductible, you're talking about 30 bucks a year. So 
you know, and, exactly. and yeah. most of those, a lot of these people were on advantage plans. And so their advantage plan uh, cost sharing factors really didn't change. Um, they was okay. just all absorbed by, um, you know, the plan, you know, the plan might end up, uh, I don't even think the plans impacted much at all, really. So, yeah. um, so it, well, the plans for 2022 came out before they knew what those increases are going to be. And I just don't think it affected them because their funding stayed the same. So I would, I, when you're talking to people about final expense, my, you know, my advice is, uh, is to, you know, and you know, this is, is to hear what they're saying, understand, agree with them, you know, yeah, this sucks. That's stupid. You know, they, and then, and then kind of the way I do is like loop it back to, yeah, you know, they finally gave a substantial social security increase and then they take a big chunk of it away with this part B premium increase. It's stupid. It's always a sleight of hand. They can't give anything without taking away, but you know, Thankfully, this year, that 5.9% increase averages to X amount, and I would just use like a $1,600, $1,700 Social Security increase of 5.9% and say, yes, it's averaging to this, whereas the Part B premium is only going up 20-something dollars. And then that way you can offset it and kind of pivot with it while agreeing with them, agreeing it's bullshit. Want you know, say we we always want? I mean, of course, I want but them still to get a reminding point. them that they have more money. Yeah, it's like agreeing <laughs> with them that it's horseshit but then reminding them that they're actually coming out better because they don't, yeah. sometimes they don't know. Other times I think they're convincing themselves that they're not coming out better. So, um, no, yeah, it's true. I mean, in, and you know, look at like a lot of the crowd, um, that we, I talked to, they, I call them and we call them and you, you know, they got, you hear the news in the background and they're all fired up about something. So it's usually like, what can we focus on? That's kind of like, uh, you know, a, a negative part of it. Yeah. Really, what I what I think the biggest impact of it will be is is just another reason to like have any excuse to kind of uh, put it off, yeah. and maybe uncovering the real reason behind what they what that may what that may be covering up. I'm going to tell you something that Medicare Bob told me last night on a call. He called me at like nine thirty. They were he still had his guys there. It's AEP ends today, right? So his yeah. guys were at the office until eleven last night. Wow. And uh, he 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 bought he bought like bottles of uh, Knob Creek and Woodford Reserve and bought pizza for everybody. Here all night, guys. It's like we're staying, you know. And, and this is like a Merrill's call center. So, and um, he calls me and he he was you know boasting about some of the numbers, you know, because he you can only like I brag online a little bit because I'm again I'm gamifying. I'm trying to get people to you know help pump me up. Other people get kind of shut down by it, but. He calls me to brag, and we brag, and it feel, makes us feel better. But he told me, uh, I love this, every call you have, this is what he tells those agents, every call you have, a sale is made. Yeah, Either you sold them a policy or they sold you on why they're not getting it. That's good. So every call a sale is made. That's good. What's the sale going to be? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then obviously you can get hung up on and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, when he's looking at deadline Medicare Advantage, like there's such a high – conversion ratio on those that typically you know that it's not a hundred percent true but it's 85 percent true you know that you're either going to sell that policy or they're going to sell you on why they're not getting it so sell or um, be sold sell or be sold there it is <laughs> right so no but um so so on the the the, the same thing i said i wasn't going to bring up initially dude <laughs> you're posting all these pictures like you know the arnold schwarzenegger of insurance and uh, showing off I'm, these massive, games. I'm like something. Something's got to give. Like I'm trying. I'm trying to be in shape. I'm trying to be healthy. 
Uh, do you have no social life or what are you giving up? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, not really. You know, it's funny. I had a guy, I had a guy at my, um, at my gym and, and one day he was talking to me and he was like, yeah, he's, this guy came up to me and he was, he was talking to me about, um, working out and it was just some random dude. I started talking to him and he's like, yeah. And you know, he had like body of an insurance agent. And I was like, Oh, I sell insurance. He was like, that was the, the, the worst thing I could have picked as a reference. for this. <laughs> 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 he said, like, it was so funny, but, um, no, I, I've been doing it for a while. Um, I, it was, it's just like insurance. I made it into a game for me. Yeah. So for a while, like that was, that was my, one of my games. I've, I've always been like obsessive with things and, um, I used to fight it, but now I kind of just embrace it. So, um, it was, it was really learning. I think in that, in that arena, there's a lot of wrong data and there's a lot of stuff that gets a lot of flash, a lot of stuff that looks cool, but doesn't actually like work that well. Um, so there's a lot of misinformation out there about, um, especially for men, like what it takes to build muscle and be lean. Um, you know, a lot of guys think you got to go to the gym five, six days a week. I actually had the most muscle growth when I worked out two days a week, but made sure that I, I had a lot of food, um, because a lot of people don't have the same muscle recovery as as some of those people you see on Instagram who are doing like the 500 rep workouts or whatever, right? Yeah. Instagram has polluted the fitness world with these like BS like exercises that don't really do anything. They just look cool. And it's like a variation of a variation of a variation that just doesn't really need to be done. I mean, our bodies are built to, to move things and apply effort in a direction, the physics of it. Uh, effort is force applied over a distance. Um, so work, I mean, it's force over distance. So they're meant to work in a, in a certain way. Um, if you stick to compound multi-joint exercises, like squats, deadlifts, bench press, rows with, with the bar, um, they're going to release the most testosterone too. So like if you, if you do those with heavier weights and you keep it super simple, like if you have a one day, if, if you go for like two or three days a week, you know, divide it up so that you only have to do like two or three sets to maybe like two, two sets, three sets. And, and the most important thing is, is not how much you're doing, but it's like making progress. So as long as you're progressing every week, that's what you want to track. Yeah. Tracking the workouts is important to the degree that you're tracking your progress. So if you find yourself doing something and you're stuck somewhere, it's just because there's something that you don't know that you haven't applied yet. So um, with, with um with with like muscle growth if, if a guy wanted to be lean you know i, I talk to some people like oh dude i just want to get like ripped you know and everybody uh, i feel like a lot of guys want to get lean and they're like i don't want to get bulky i just want i want to be lean uh, but you can't really be lean and look lean without having some muscle too without having some muscle mass so you have to kind of grow the muscle mass and um eating a lot of food if you're working out the right way is going to go towards building that muscle mass. You're, you're going to have a body composition change. So the biggest thing is, is diet. Like it's about 70% what you eat and like 30% what you do at, at the gym. Like it, that's really what it is. It's like, it's like this, like um, with, with in, in like insurance, right? It's like, it's like what, what really counts is like sitting there and grinding out calls all day or, or, or putting in that ton of activity. Um, 
that is kind of like the diet thing because it's it's an all day thing. Yeah, and then uh, training, anyway, so. like actually training and and honing your craft is a small portion. It's relevant, but if I'm doing twenty or thirty percent training and seventy percent making contact, exactly. Yeah, I I mean I tell my guys all the time. It's it's like number one thing is activity and 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 making calls. But yeah. I, I so a couple of things you said there. I want to unpack. Be obsessed or be average. We have to give another homage. You said seller be sold earlier, but Grant Cardone's book, uh, "Be Be Obsessed or Be Average," is my yeah. favorite, it's my favorite book. He did. Um, anybody hasn't read it, Ten X is good. He's got good books. He he has a good kick me in the nuts kind of strategy for motivation yeah. that I respond to personally. But um, me too. But be obsessed or be average is what he talked about. Like you have to embrace it. So many people are trying to tell you like, oh, you need to slow down and spend time with your kids. You do that, like bitch. I'm going to spend time with my kids and do all the other shit. Like, you know, you're putting me in a box. I'm not in your box. So calm down. Um, So I respond to that. um, And that's, you know, embracing being obsessed is okay. Just make it obsession with the right things. Um, You know, there's, there's plenty of people that are obsessed with, with terrible things that get net less flack about it than some of us workaholics, you know? Um, I know. And uh, I think it happens too when people are younger. Like I think when like, I think little, like a lot of, at least I think it may have happened with me when I was younger. Like I was always obsessed with things. Yeah. And I think that like when, when someone's obsessions are, are like keep being trying to be pushed and moved around. Yeah. Like I think sometimes people can forget. It's very easy for someone like myself to start being obsessed with destructive things in my life too. Yeah. Like things that aren't good for me. Yeah. So I got to always check up on here, up yeah. here. Hey, are you obsessed with something that's helping you grow or that's, that's a bad thing. So it can kind of, it can kind of work both ways. Well, like uh, my brother, like some people have been following Johnny and John, Johnny's my, you know, my little brother who's made mm-hmm. a, I'd say recovery, but he was just kind of a, I don't know. He was, he, he was, uh, he was, you know, just in a lifestyle of like, when I would talk to him about all the things I was doing early on, he was super disinterested, like, where he would kind of put it on that front, like disinterested. It's like, I'm, you know, I just want to have a good time. I want to do this. When we finally got him to start selling insurance and he became obsessed with the, that dopamine reward from a sale. So many of the destructive things and the destructive relationships he had have fallen by the wayside because they're getting in the way of the new dopamine that is rewarding. And it's also rewarding because it's not, you know, he's, it's, it's, it's like, and people are actually proud of what I'm doing. But sometimes, like for me, you know, I never, I, I, thankfully I never had some crazy misstep early on. I was probably like, didn't know what I wanted to do until I got into insurance. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to scale this. Um, but when we got into insurance, um, people, you know, tell me that, like, you need to, oh, you got to take it easy. You gotta, like I put up something last night, like we're, you know, 13 years of continued growth at our current growth rate will be at a billion. Yeah, that's awesome. A billion in revenue, right? I had people in the comments like, yeah, well, you need to, you know, make sure, slow down. I'm like, you guys don't get it. Like, if I slow down, I'm not going to be a great father or husband because I'm going to be miserable myself. Yeah. And that's not, like, that doesn't translate. So everybody has to understand, people have different mindsets. But um, You can crush it in all aspects of your life. You don't have to be just good at one. Right. You know? And that's the thing, when you, when you pull it back to physical you know, a lot of us, I think, you know, get a little bit of a cop out. I love what you said. So I, I think I'm going to make a, this is my commitment because I've been struggling with this. I've been doing like some home workouts. My wife's making me work a, well, walk a lot. And it's like, I don't eat like terrible or anything like that. Um, but my, my commitment I'm going to make, because you, you, you made me think this is okay, is to do two 
gym visits a week. Two a week. And do uh, multiple comp, like compounds, like flat bench uh, and, and deadlifts. And, um, and well, think about it like this, right? So, like, if someone can go and, and they can do, like, if, if you progress on your bench press, like, if you get up to doing 300 pounds for 10 reps, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have muscle. Like, it's just, there's no way around. There's no one who does that, who works up to that, who doesn't have a stable foundation. So, like, who cares how you get there? Yeah. Right. And two Whether days is easier for me to commit to initially. Yeah. To say, okay, I'm going to every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm going to go to the gym or every Tuesday and, uh, or every Monday and Thursday, whatever. Um, and then once my family and my work and everything gets used to, I'm committing that amount of time to that, those mm-hmm. days, then maybe if I decided, Hey man, I do want to do three days. Well, then I'm adding one more day rather than from the get go. What most people act like you got to go five days a week. It's very difficult for me to go from start working out. I'm going six days a week. Yeah. It's like, it's very difficult for me (laughs) to say, okay, I'm going to go from doing, um, you know, doing dumbbell exercises in my bathroom and and walking (laughs) two miles every day with my wife to, you know, also going, cause she's not gonna let me stop doing the walks. I have to do that with her. So which is good. I mean, I, I, I enjoy that too. There, there's multiple benefits to that. I, we get to actually talk without our kids around for, you know, 30 minutes. So, um, but anyway, like that's a, a good goal. And so I've been struggling with this cause, uh, you know, I got the damn gym membership, I'm not going in there enough. So I need, I need you heard two guys, days a week. We're going to hold Justin to that I'm two days a week, two days a week. I'm gonna, and I'm, and yeah. I'm going to lift heavy weight, low rep, um, I'm, I'm going in there and I'm doing, cause, cause I, I, I actually, somebody else told me a long time ago, I've always thought his body type is definitely a part of this equation, but I had a friend in the Marine Corps. He was actually a corpsman, um, and he was a power lifter and he would go in, all he would do is flat bench, deadlift, um, and squats. I mean, he didn't do, I mean, he might've done some rows or something. He might've done some walking, but very low cardio, just big weight, you know, and he gets strong. And when he would really work, he, I remember him going from flabby big to ripped, doing zero cardio, doing zero, um, like, like high repetition exercises, just lifting heavy weights and eating. He drank a shitload of milk. I know that. I, <laughs> Lots of milk. Shitload of milk. That dude would drink like, he, 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 would, he would have like this, those pepper-sized cups. Uh, he would drink a whole cup of whole milk right before bed. Now he may, you know, maybe I should not try that right away, yeah, but uh, he was lifting some pretty damn heavy weight too. He was doing the, you yeah. know, it's the casein protein, but I looked yeah. it up the other day and the rock drink uh, eats a bunch of casein protein right before bed too. Yeah. I would, um, I'd, I'd look uh, like I can send you some, like what to do for a, for a workout. It's, I would just do like, if, if you go like Monday, Thursday, I would do bench press, and squat, maybe incline bench, because flat bench can have a lot of shoulder issues. Um, bench, bench press, squats, and then like um, a try, a try, a high rep tricep exercise for like twenty reps. That's it. Yeah. Two sets of squats, and then and, and you can, I mean, in bench, you you can switch up the the volume too. So like, if you go heavy on squats one week, go a little bit higher rep the next week, because there's different muscle fiber types. But uh, yeah, that's that's really all you need to progress. Like when I graduated high school, I was like five five and like one hundred and ten pounds. I was like now I'm like six feet two twenty five. So like I was, I grew a lot my first semester in college. But I, I would like I still had that like very thin frame. Like like if I stopped lifting for a year and didn't eat a lot, 
I have a very, very thin frame. I don't have above average muscle recovery. One thing that, that a guy told me that helped a lot was is just stimulate the muscle tissue. Don't try to annihilate it. So you just want to stimulate it for growth so that you can be better the next time you go in. Not like I'm going to sit here and just pulverize this, this muscle until it's, it's non-functioning anymore. So it's a point of no return there too. So that's yeah. The, yeah One time I listened to a CT Fletcher video when I was in the Marine Corps <laughs> and I decided I was going to, I was going to do biceps every day because he said you can do arms every day. And eventually, I don't know what I did, but I just jacked my elbow joint, some tendon in here up. So then I couldn't do like any arm exercises for like three weeks <laughs> because I messed it up. And I was like, okay, CT Fletcher making do arms every day. I cannot do that every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. everyone's different, man. Another thing I like that you said was that how, how there's a lot of these variations of exercises that you see on all the social media, right? And like yeah. I said, Instagram is probably the uh, biggest Definitely. one, you know, for that. But cause, because I see that and I'm like, there's no way that's that's, that's doing anything. And the, and the one tiny muscle group that that is hitting probably don't need it anyways. <laughs> Most of them are like the girls doing these butt exercises. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that. The kickback with, yeah, the, uh, with, the, with the cable. Yeah, I know. And the my same principles apply. My, yeah, wa- my wife will see that on there, and she'll be in the bathroom in the morning doing the, the like, rear <laughs> butt, you know, kick. And I'm like, baby, like, just go do some squats. She's, and she's like, I don't want to get bulky. I'm like, you don't skip, like, perfect shape to bulky. Like, you don't – it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, women, women they, they, they just don't have the hormones to get bulky. Like, it's yeah. just – you know, there's just – and I, I – I, uh, my fiancé was saying that to me before she started – Going, going to, you know, what I, when I found I, I, I was, I would say, Hey, cause if, if you suggest, I wanted to work out with me, I mean, she was in good shape, but it wasn't like, it's hard to tell a woman, Hey, you need to work you out. Work out <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just like the not way, <laughs> not the right way yeah. to do it. She won't be your girlfriend. So what anymore. I did is, yeah, I'd be like, baby, you sneak into the gym without me. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. You just look like you're working out. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And I did that for like a few weeks and then she started coming to me. So I, <laughs> sneaky, <laughs> but, um, same thing. She's like, I don't want bulky. I'm like, baby, you're not going to. You're such a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's that's why salesmen have such, uh, you know, decent, good-looking wives because uh, <laughs> we could sell ourselves. So, no, well, hey, I appreciate you being here, buddy. Um, you know, we're going to. Thanks, man. We, we, uh, we want to get, you know, different perspectives out to the audience. And anybody that's looking to, uh, to reach out to you uh, to work with you or anything, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um. You can just um, I mean, you can just send me a text message. So it's seven seven four six zero six six eight four seven. That's seven seven four six zero six six eight four seven. I'm really if anybody has any questions about recruiting for final expense or um, building and coaching a remote sales team, since eighty percent of my agents are at home, a really good system on how to train people at home, how to give them the assistance to get going quickly how to keep them connected so they don't get like, uh, you know, checked out mentally, emotionally, yeah. um, how, to, how to have systems to monitor their calls, be able to jump in on their calls, make sure that they're, they're training and being and keeping themselves accountable and also different tools to make sure you're hiring the right people um, because you have to have the right person to work at home selling life insurance over the phone. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's hard enough to do it out in the field face to face, never mind at home when someone can just, 
click on you and yeah. hang up. So. It's so easy to take the the lazy road. But even when I was uh, you know out in the field uh, running down direct mail leads, uh, it was so easy to like be like, man, I'm just you know I got I got two sales uh, this week. Mm-hmm. I'm I really just want to go eat Mexican food. I'm in this small town and there's this restaurant. I can just kind of like, it's so easy to like coast and, and and have the, to have the, people don't understand that to have the discipline just to do what you're supposed to do when nobody else is holding you to it. So, yeah, um, exactly. So those are the people who stick out too, by the way, anybody building a, a team here, the people that you want to look to promote into management positions are the people who do what they should without you having to tell them how to do it. Or tell them to do it. Remind you know the people that you want to look for that as you grow in skill. From what I've seen, are people who like you don't have to check in on. You just see like, oh, that person's on the phone cranking like every day. They show up every day. They're being consistent. Like that's uh you know yeah. that's that's the biggest thing. So when you when you look and you want to make the big makes mistake I made too is sometimes the people that aren't doing that are the ones that can get your attention as a, or got my attention as I was building. So I'm like, man, I want to build these people up. So I've had a shift recently where it was like, you know what? I, I just got to put the time and attention in the people who are putting the time and attention in to, to attract that. Um, I don't know if you guys ever you know, had run into that, but I, yeah, I, I tend to sometimes care and want it more than other people. And I try to be like the insurance savior, you know, and give everyone a <laughs> chance. But unfortunately insurance sales is not an equal opportunity uh, position all the time. So, you know, know. in the sense where it's really hard, it's very selective. Yeah. I've been in that position where I've talked to agents and I've wanted it more for them than they want it for themselves. Yeah. And it's, it's the only thing I've ever been. You have to pull yourself back because it's like probably more times than not, you want it more than, than they do for them because you, you, you understand it because you've been a little bit on the other side and you're just like, man, if I could just drag you across the finish line, maybe you'd understand what it's like over here. But, you know, yeah. uh, and some of those people that don't work out like that can still make good, like, admin employees and things. So, uh, oh, yeah, always, for sure. always when you, you know, when you're building, you know, if you're building a business and you hire somebody and we're like, man, they're not exactly like me, that doesn't mean they won't have some kind of role and could fit. So, uh, always, uh, people are a huge resource. So, um, you know, once you have them, like that. Uh, you know, committed to your team, try to figure out a way that they can add enough value to justify being there. Uh, you know, it's not always going to work out, but uh, it's just a, a lesson we learned along the way, like where you, we had somebody that was in a sales position and maybe we removed them uh, from our business completely because of not being great at that. And then later on, almost, you know, regretting it because, like, man, I could have kept them as like an office manager and they'd have been awesome at that because they had so much info in their head. And it's so, it takes so long after you've poured info into your, somebody's head to rebuild that asset into another human. So did we lose our internet connection? Bet we did. Well, appreciate you guys tuning in today. It's reconnecting. <laughs> oh, man, that's so Sorry. annoying. We're, We're good. Work. We'll end it with the audio. It's reconnecting. I just wanted to see if it'll – I wanted to re-see. Oh, here you go, Sid. <laughs> uh that's where that's where we we started stumbling it's like a zoom just messed up yeah yeah well our internet service bombed out and so the rest of this is in black please subscribe and leave us a review um we are trying to put out tons and tons of content and help you guys stay motivated along the way if you guys are wanting to get in touch with justin von von Eigen, uh, it's justin 
V-O-M-E-I-G. Let me make sure I spelled yeah. this right. He gave out a cell phone number. V-O-M-E-I-G-E-N. And I believe he has a new YouTube channel as well. So check it out. Find check him on YouTube. Out. Find him on Facebook. Yeah. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Justin Brock. Uh, and then, you know, check us out, of course, in our Facebook community, Medicare Gurus. And all your major podcast platforms. Yep. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on all of it. Want to get this information Stitcher, out there to Dicker. keep you guys motivated. We know it's very difficult to remain motivated in this racket as insurance world, but it's uh, it's well worth it if you can stay the course. So let us know if you're having trouble staying the course. Or leave us a comment, leave us a review. Please subscribe or follow the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.